when I wears my flashing sword and my hand takes hold on judgment. I will take vengeance upon mine enemies and I will repay those who hate me. O Lord, raise me to thy right hand and count me among thy saints. Episode 184, uh, Yohos Miguel. Before I get into the episode, playing the episode, uh, just fair warning, the sound quality is really not that good. My sound is usually not perfect, but it's okay, listenable. But this one, you can hear dogs barking in the back and the wind and such. And so I wasn't really prepared for the episode, but I felt it in me that I had to get an episode in. So I do apologize for the sound quality of this episode. And uh, we're going to continue now with this episode 184. Thank you. You're ready to go. So I'm here um, with my host, uh, Bev. And her her mate, and his name is Dick, big guy, and Bev is skinny, and she's very um, worldly. You know, she's traveled the world and has lived all over the world, and she's telling me stories about Paris and Rome and and Germany and all over the place. You know, in Spain, I think her son's in Spain. So she's an amazing guest, and my wife and I have learned so much staying here and watching her relationship with Dick. And the real love that's in this home and, and the type of person that she is and the worldliness that she brings to everything. So she's here with me now. Her name is Bevan. You know, you might want to say hi, Bev. Hi, folks. I'm really from Stanford, Connecticut, Japan Point. Born there in 1928. So I'm, I've been around quite a while. Also, I've been all over the place, as Mike said. We love having Mike here. Tell us more about your life, about, about your dad's books. books My and... dad had a, us, a book manufacturing company at 200 Hudson Street. His father uh, bought a company on McDougal Alley. Wow. And uh, prior or just after World War One. But and I, uh, I'm a New Yorker. You want to sit been away a, a long, long time. However. Uh, Pelham, New York was my home. Wow. Number one Fifth Avenue Hotel at Washington Square Park. And as Mike and I can talk about the good old New York that we knew and loved. Yes, Bev, that's right. Delancey Street Orchard. Yeah. All yeah, that. All that with my dad and the bookman. Canal Street, Chinatown. Yeah. I made my debut at Waldorf. In 1947, wow! In a snowstorm. You didn't tell me this, no, Bev. I didn't tell him. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, I've never done a podcast before, so this is a first for me, and uh, never too old to learn a little bit. I'm learning from you, Bev. I'm learning, <laughs> and Dick. I'm learning from both of you guys. And I hope to talk to you guys again soon. Have a good evening. Okay, Bye. thank you very much, Bev. Thank you, Mike. Love okay, you. Okay, thank you. Love you okay. too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Welcome back to episode 184 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Well, it's great to be back putting out a new episode of the podcast. I just took a look and I think it was August 28th since I put out my last podcast. Actually, it was August 24th, but it's been a while and I've uh, been really busy um, just multitasking and getting a lot of things done. Right now, I'm sitting in a little town outside of Greenville, South Carolina. This is Anderson, South Carolina. I'm here at an Airbnb with uh, with my loving wife, and we're just scoping out the area 
and seeing, you know, what life holds over here in this area, what life holds for us. And uh, that that's for another podcast. But again, it's great to be back. And uh, this episode is going to be uh, on risk, risk and reward, calculated risk, and uh, just risk in general and, and how you should factor risk into your life. Because yes, you know, risk when you're gambling at a casino is stupid careless and retarded because you know it's always stacked against you but real life situations where you have to make a determination of uh risk uh the reward that you will get as a result of the risk you've taken and just understanding the timing and patterns of when it is the right time to take risks you know and this is something that risk has actually changed my life for the better uh, risk has gotten me out of the ghetto uh, well, I was living on welfare with with, uh, with my mom, my brother, and uh, the poverty. You know, we were living in poverty, and you know, not to unload or not to give too much detail, but that's the truth of, of my life. And risk just wiped all that away, and 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 put me in a situation where I was able to live a meaningful life. Not that money makes it meaningful, but just a life where I was able to what, what's the word meet my potential. You know and maximize my potential as it were so that's where i'm at i'm sitting like i said this is a small suburb of greenville south carolina this is called anderson south carolina and it's just beautiful out here man the weather is nice today it was like 80 degrees sunny it's we've been here for close to three weeks and the weather's just been amazing and i'm really loving it down here the pace is much slower than brooklyn or jersey up north and it's a whole different vibe. And I would recommend you people that are looking for a change of pace, consider consider this area, uh, you know, Rock Hill, South Carolina, Greenville. It's, it's just a different lifestyle and just the people are different. And you might hear a lot of different um, negative connotations of the South and different things like that, but it, it, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, these people are the salt of the earth. They're just down home people. And you got your techies, you have all type of people. Interestingly enough, Greenville, South Carolina, which is really the hub up here, which is the big city in the northern part of South Carolina, they call it the upstate. Most of the people that you see in Greenville are not from Greenville, not even from South Carolina. You have people from California coming into this area now. You have people from New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Texas, from all over the place. And they're just uh, just coming to this to this location, this area this Greenville area and droves and you have some big companies out here, big opportunities. And, uh, the cost of living is, is really reasonable. Also considering, you know, it is somewhat of a metropolitan area, you know, now when I use the word metropolitan, again, I'm not comparing it to New York city or even, you know, uh, central Jersey, but it's, it's popping, man. It's really, it's really interesting. And it's really, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm liking it out here. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to get into the risk and reward uh, aspects of it in life. So what the question is, when is it the right time to take a risk? And that question in and, in and of itself is heavily loaded because most people don't even realize or understand when it is a good time to take a risk or if they have an opportunity to risk to get the reward, if, if that makes sense to you. You know, they'll be sitting in a situation, typically, let's say, on a job. They'd be sitting at a desk and different things going on. And I'll use myself for an example. 
I got into computers and databases, Fox Pro, DBase 2, DBase 3, Microsoft Access. I've been into uh, Clipper, you know, call them a Clipper head. I've been into databases, and that's the wind in the background, so I apologize, sitting out on the deck. I've been working with them since roughly 1986, you know, since they first came out. But I'd be sitting at, let's say, one of my first jobs, and I noticed that everything was done manually, and uh, I said to myself, let me see if I could computerize or automate my functions, my job, into a database. And I questioned myself, is it worth taking this risk? So I really bared down on my, uh, at that time, I think I was using DBase 2. Uh, it came with the first computer I ever purchased. I, I purchased a clone. Now, only you old timers are going to get this. But I purchased a clone, Microsoft clone computer made by American, uh, American computer. Some guy was selling it out of his basement in, uh, not Flushing, but somewhere out in uh, Avenue U in, in, in Brooklyn, by Coney Island. I paid like 1600 bucks for it. I got it out of a magazine called The Computer Shop where I found a dude, called him, went down, bought the computer. He gave me uh, DBase 2, I believe it was. He gave me uh, WordPerfect. That was before Microsoft Word and a few other little programs. But I ended up going, uh, liking the DBase because I learned it from a guy on the, uh, I learned it from a guy at a company I was working at, I won't name it, but he was his name was Dave Matthews. He was getting and he's not the rock star. He was setting up databases and such, and I was watching him and he was using DBase. So at that exact time is when I bought my XT computer. Uh, it was an XT, it, it booted up with a floppy disk, it didn't have a hard drive, and I think it had four meg of RAM, something like that. Different time. This is DOS, DOS disk operating system. Command command prompt. You type everything in one step away from machine language. So got into the computers and I started bearing down. I bought a couple of books and uh, I, I, I spoke about this before my podcast where I would be up. There were times that I broke all night without sleeping and just had two cups of coffee and went to work. My wife would say, hey, you know, when are you going to sleep? What are you doing? And I was making such good progress. I just kept going and going. I got really good with it. So at the job, um, I never used computers really at, at, at that uh, first company with Dave because I was just learning and getting into it. But my second job that I got immediately after that at the, at a, a church pension fund, it's called, in Manhattan. It's on 2nd Avenue or 3rd Avenue at the time. I was working there and uh, I was doing disbursements and stuff like that, benefits for the clergyman. And I said, you know what, this would be a perfect time for me to take this risk and implement my system. So I did it on the side. I would go at home at night and I would set up a database. This is a calculated risk. I just didn't go out there and say, hey, you know, I'm going to do this. People weren't really automating stuff at that time, just IT departments and the programming department. But I'm a regular dude, you know, basically, you know, dispersing benefits. So I was setting up test databases and stuff like that to see if it worked perfectly. And it got to the point where I says, yeah, this, this works. So I, I came to my boss. And, uh, you know, I proposed, I said, take a look at what I did. And uh, my boss approved. And I, you know, I got into it. So I took the risk. And it helped my career at the church pension fund. But where, where it really, really helped me was when I got into the staffing business. It helped me a lot. And uh, actually, at, at that job, it helped me pretty much, too, because I was able to get a lot of stuff done and take on more responsibilities. And I'll never forget, while, uh, while I was practicing and doing stuff on the job, like trying to get these different 
utilities and these different applications going, people would and they would see me sweating my brains out and studying at lunchtime, you know, in the lunchroom, you know, with three books cracked open and talking to programmers, picking their brains. They would say to me, my coworkers would say, well, Mike, what do you care? Why are you working so hard uh, to implement these databases and such? They're not paying you more money. Do, are they paying you to do that? I says, no. And then they said, well, why are you doing it? I says, you know what? I, I'm not doing it for the company. I'm doing it for myself, for my own personal growth. And which proved that over my career to really bear itself out and exponentially improve my life, my level of living, you know? So that's one example where taking a risk really uh, gives you, yields you a really good reward and changes your life for the better. Now, it's like the yin and yang in the Tao of, of everything, the Tao of risk. You know, you have risk and you have failure. So you have to take into, take into consideration, you know, what if you do fail? That's why you have to be very calculated, the things that you take a risk on, because some risks that you take are irreversible and uh, others you can kind of skew it around. So the way I protected myself is I presented it to my boss. I said, this is something I want to implement and I've tested it out and it works. So I want to parallel and do, you know, use my application, my database application, along with my real-time manual work the way I was doing it, and I'll do it for a week or so. And it, it was great. It was amazing. And uh, so now if you would do that in a different kind of way and just go ahead whole hog and put an application and it crashes on you or you, you kind of mess up some code or whatever, that's, that's stupid because that's not a calculated risk. That's, that's a stupid risk, all right? So there's many, many levels of risk. And the best way that I can illustrate, illustrate it to you is this. You know, you have a compass that you make a circle with. So you take the, 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 the one side of the compass. It looks like a pair of, um, like, the, like a V. It looks like the letter V. And, you know, you can make circles with it on a piece of paper. You can make small circles or large circles. A compass. So you take a compass and you plant it down onto the sheet of paper now here's the tricky part where you extend that second where the pencil is at the second end of that compass to make the circle to determine how how large how wide you want to make that circle okay the wider you're going to make that circle the more risk you're going to be assuming the narrower is going to be a much smaller circle but much less reward so the one thing that you want to do whenever you go into any venture or any risk you want to get, plant that compass down and very, very systematically, in a calculated fashion, decide where it goes from being, you know, a calculated risk to a careless risk. And that, that point lies in different places for different people, okay? The more confidence, the more capability, the more skills that you have, obviously, you're going to make a much bigger circle than somebody who is not as skilled as you are. But the real true meaning of life is knowing how big to draw that circle. Right. And you have to be very honest with yourself. And that's that's one thing that I've uh, done my whole life is is pretty much try to make that determination of where where the risk reward or as they call it, the diminishing returns. Right. Because there comes a point in time where you're going to be assuming so much risk where the more as you as let's say you go to risk level 15 on the risk, let's say it's zero to 100. You go to let's say you go to risk risk level 75. Right and it's you feel like it's something you can handle but if you go to from 75 to 80 there's going to be a diminishing return you're not going to be getting more back for the risk that you're taking so you're going to chop it right there so you're going to extend your risk to the point where 
the return the point of diminishing returns if that makes sense to you guys some of you might understand it might not you know this might just be alpha male buddha speak i don't know but i've spoken to other people that think in the same way that i think so that's really key right there is knowing the diminishing return and the degree of risk that you, you could be assuming one two if you hit failure with the risk what is your degree of loss and is it irreversible loss okay are you going to lose your job because if if it's to the if it's a shit job then go take the risk but if it's a job that you value and you got medical benefits and all that stuff don't i i personally would not take the risk unless if you can do some kind of thing where you work at home on it that's why computers are such a great thing and that's why i love my microsoft access and my database applications because i can um really work from home and basically simulate being at my desk at work or, or whatever i'm doing so i know i'm hitting you guys with a lot like i always do i haven't podcasted in almost two months so a lot of energy coming at you but again it's it's uh, from what i'm seeing right now people if they are incurring risk they're incurring it for the wrong reasons you know can i smoke weed and get away with it on my job can i tell this lie here and you know whatever and this this is it's stupid it's nonsense and it's 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 not the type of risk that you want to take on right you when, when you're in a position to take on that risk you take out your compass you draw your circle and say this is my wheelhouse i'm i'm within my parameters i'm within my circle then you go at it, you know, and, and you make that calculation and, and you move forward. You have to deal with the mitigating factors of, you know, failure and how you can uh, remediate that, that failure, all right, if that's the right word. And, yeah, that's, that's really a big thing. And people, like I said, people today, you're not really seeing a lot of people that are risk takers. Um, they're just not. They, they like to stay in their comfort zone. And when you stay in your comfort zone, you're going to get comf comfort zone level living. You know, a person that lives in their comfort zone, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're not moving ahead. You know, they're either moving slightly back or, you know, they're stagnating. And in nature, you'll never see anything stagnate. If you look at a plant, it's never going to stagnate. It's either going to flourish or it's going to die, you know, because if it sits in the same position, that's not the nature of what what what. what a plant or a tree or a shrub or you know any type of vegetation will do they, they their intention is to grow right and that should be the same intention that we have is to grow and to flourish and move forward to the best degree that you can i know that there's some people that may be living in india or i don't want to shit on india but living in different countries where there's not that much real opportunity but believe it or not even in those settings you're going to have a risk and reward thing where you'll be able to take on some risk and do well you might end up you know buying a you know, whatever, a bunch of used, uh, you know, laptops from some guy and able to repair them and sell them, you know, three times the price, whatever. But I, I'm noticing that people, they're shunning away from any kind of risk and they're seeking the comfort and the fluffy slippers, you know, and the, and the warm, uh, the warm oat, cinnamon oatmeal and mug of cocoa so they could snuggle up in their slippers and their little snuggy robe and wither away, you know, and that's not, that's not really the way it should be. You got to be, you know, and I'm an aggressive dude, so I, I, I shouldn't hold everybody to the different standards or thought process that I hold because I've, I've always been aggressive in the sense of working and maximizing my potential. And there's grades to that. You know, you might have a person that is kind of 50% of that. So, but at least get that 
and get it in, you know, try to try to improve yourself. Again, work on your computer skills or whatever, you know, I, an example that I always give people at work is if you're sitting at a desk and I heard it, someone said it to me or I heard it somewhere, but if you're sitting at a desk and somebody hands you a piece of work and you process that work and then you hand it off to somebody else, you need to know the person that handed it to you, what was their process. So you know that now you know your process and then find out the process that the person you hand the work off to does so that you know the whole full circle or the life cycle of that of that uh task of, of what is being performed there on your job you know so really important and people are tight-lipped they don't want you to know what they're doing but you know you you there's ways of finding out you ask questions you watch you look you know you say look i can back you up and always on a job never never take the attitude that why am i learning this because they're not paying me more money to the contrary you know i can remember times being at work where I would actually work late or whatever, whatever, because somebody's kind of teaching me other things about the job and I'm just sitting there learning, you know? I can remember there was a guy, Frank Ortiz, at, uh, he was in, in those days it was called data processing. There were no real, laptops didn't come out yet and the PCs were just beginning to come out. So really all of the computing was coming out of your data processing center. And there was a guy, Frank Ortiz, and uh, I would go down there and listen to him and different things that he was explaining to me about the mag tapes and you know, just different different things with uh, with regard to a data processing and, and computing, and uh, I I learned a lot from that, and 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 as a result of me getting that extra knowledge, it, it always does help. You know, you always want to get the three sixty of whatever you're dealing with. So we're on the subject of risk, reward, opportunity, calculated risk. We talked about um, the compass and the methodology of the compass of how. You have to be careful where you hit that point of diminishing returns for your risk, right? Because, again, I'll give you an example. You go to the casino, you draw your circle. I don't care what size you draw that circle at the casino, tiny, big, whatever, you're going to lose. It's just, it's rigged, okay? Even gambling and all that stuff is rigged. I've been saying it forever that sports are rigged, the UFC is rigged, and, uh, yeah. So, it's always, it's... um. It's a funny thing, but it, it's something that if, if I have to explain it too much, you're not understanding it. But it, as I'm illustrating it here in your mind, if you're getting a picture of it and it's making sense to you, which is not that complicated, then it's something that you want to chew on and, and ruminate on and, 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 and put it to practice in your own life, right? So it's always a good practice to um, understand risk, okay? I mean, there are entire industries like the insurance industries predicated like 100% on risk, on statistics, on actuarial reporting and such, you know what I mean? And statistics. So again, there's whole huge businesses that are just predicated on risk and, and calculating the different types of risk that, that are out there, right? Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media. 
and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast, so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.